The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to Barron's Live Market Watch Edition. My name is Arthi Swaminathan. I am a housing reporter with Market Watch. And today I have a special guest sitting right beside me, John Burns, CEO of John Burns Real Estate Research and Consulting. Right. Did I mess that up? We changed our name, so you got it right. <laughs> Fabulous. Welcome, John. Thanks. My first in-person Barron's Live interview. I know. When I said, let's do this in person, you're like, what? <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> so... Let's just jump right into it. We have 30 okay. minutes. So how do you view the housing market today? How would you describe the housing market today? Uh, very low demand and even lower supply. I mean, that's that's kind of how you sum it up. And that's why prices are, for the most part, holding in there is, uh, you know, mortgage rates go up, you think prices would fall. But the fact that there's so little supply out there and it's getting lower in most markets too, there's just less activity and prices are holding up. So, John, tell us a little bit about your consulting company because it plays a very big role in us understanding new construction, which we will get into. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I realized way back in the 1990s that the residential business wasn't doing enough research to manage their business very well. So I said, I'll do the research and I'll share the cost with you. So we've got 140 people that are figuring out what's going on in the housing market. We charge our clients less than the cost of a person to figure it out. And that's our research business. And then our consulting business is working on specific deals, like usually large developments or a large company acquisition, or we do a lot of work with building products companies now too. Awesome. So the housing market today is very strange, right? Yes. New home sales are up 12% uh, September compared to August. Yeah. Existing homes on track for the worst sales pace since 2008. Yeah, and I think it's going to get worse. Oh, no. <laughs> so what is happening uh, no, there? My, my sister-in-law is going to kill me. She's a real estate agent. We'll probably talk about that later, too. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the home builders usually get about 12 to 15% of the sales. Uh, and they're usually about 12 to 15% of the homes that you and I could purchase. Right now, they're 30 to 35% of the homes available to sell because there's so little on the resale market. So if you really relocated to Atlanta, you're going to be looking at a new home because it's a, a higher share than what's historically been available. So they're taking market share. Mm -hmm. They also, the big ones, tend to own their own mortgage company or have a large deal with a big mortgage company. And they are, they've done so well the last few years and there's been so much price appreciation that they can afford to buy down people's mortgage rates. Mm. So literally, if you bought that resale home, you may be paying an 8% mortgage rate. But if you bought the new home, they will offer you a 6.5% mortgage rate. That's a pretty compelling reason to buy a new home. So that's what's going on. Buy downs are very interesting. But yeah. just stepping away from that. Buy downs address the demand side of it, right? I want to talk about the supply side of it, right. right? So if you don't have enough homes, the solution is just to build, 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 build. Why can't they just meet that demand where it is? I mean, what can be more than 30% market share is my point. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. But 
building land and building homes is a very local game and the cities have made it much more difficult. Also, there's been a lot of talk about cost increases on building homes. Cost increases on developing land have been even more. Hmm. So most of my land developer clients are not growing. There's not a lot of money going into land development. And they they need to build on land that is entitled to build on, has all the water and sewer and everything. And there's just not a lot of investment there. So the home builders have had to start developing the land themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, which is more expensive, more risky. Uh, they're, They're trying to grow their business. At the same time, and just about all of them get our research, so I talk to a lot of them. They're not stupid. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. They're saying there's a 50% odds of a recession. Mortgage rates are going up. Am I going to go crazy buying a lot of land and developing a lot of land right now? No, I'm going to manage my business very wisely. So that's why we're not seeing a lot of supply. Okay, so they're a little bit worried about maybe a potential recession, sure. unemployment, people pulling back even further. So that that. I mean, they're as they're as concerned as pretty much anybody. They're not more concerned than most people. They're average concerned. In that response, I heard a shade of zoning. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you said it's local. Right. In California, I think the case in California is interesting. It is zoning NIMBYism. They don't want right. denser housing. There's also Prop 13, right. which I think is adjacent but kind of related, which is a tax. Well, he lives in California, so I'm going to let him explain what Prop 13 is. Uh, Way back in the 1970s, they passed a law that your property taxes cannot go up more than 2% per year. Right. And so that requires a two-thirds overturn of the U.S. of the the state legislature. So the property taxes don't go up very much every year. So, um, But the counties rely on this. So I think where you're going is why do they want more development so they get more property taxes? you know, what wins out at the end of the day is Californians don't want more traffic. And, um, you know, people are protective of their neighborhood and people don't like change. And so there's a, a lot of NIMBYs showing up at city council meetings fighting new development. But what is construction like in California? I mean, I've heard of a lot of builders building able to get more friendly legislation on their side in the South, South San Jose area. Anecdotally, I've heard of some new developments coming. Yeah, but it's, it? it's a drop in the bucket. Compared to what we're doing in California, the other states are doing far more. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I hear that in California. Like, oh, my God, they're building so much, and it's two apartment complexes. Go to Austin, Texas, where there's a couple dozen cranes in the sky, and they're building high-rises. It's really not that much. Oh, got it, got it. And do you think that they're, that is changing, sort of the tide is changing? Well, the state governor is, is trying to change it. So... He is trying, they are passing things at the state level to override the local cities mm. and say, you can't stop this. You can't environmentally challenge an accessory dwelling unit, which is a, which is a basically like a little carriage home in your backyard. Yeah. Uh, and they do have something called a housing element where they tell every city, you need to build 500 homes in the next three years or whatever it is. And um, most cities don't do it. And they've kind of let them get away with it. They've started suing the cities now. They, they sued the city of Huntington Beach for not providing more housing. So, hmm. so at the state level, they're trying to get it. But at the local level, they don't want it. And that's the problem. This is why I love covering housing, because there's so many <laughs> layers to it, right? right? There's so many layers to it. So just going back to the demand side, 
So I've written about adjustable rate mortgages and buy downs. Talk about other sales incentives that builders are offering. Okay, so adjustable rate mortgages have not grown in popularity because Dodd-Frank changed the game and changed the rules that if I make you an adjustable rate mortgage, I have to still underwrite you at the highest possible rate. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm going to have to qualify you at that 8% rate anyway. So uh, people are, are not choosing adjustable um, because actually an adjustable could go above eight. So that's why they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. But the home builders, there's an anomaly going on with the inverted yield curve that's probably too hard to explain right now. <laughs> but uh, last time I did the math, if a builder uh, bought down, about took about 6% of the mortgage amount and paid that upfront in fees, they could buy down the interest rate by a point and a half. What that does is that lowers the payment by 16%. Hmm. So... For a cost of 6%, I can lower your payment by 16%. Why, why would I drop the price? That would just lower your payment by 6%. So they're, they're using this anomaly in the mortgage market to provide people with a great 30-year fixed rate mortgage for really cheap. Is, cheaper it, than the market. is it working, though? Has it Very has successful. It really... Huge take. Right. Yeah, huge. Extreme. Well, who, who wouldn't want that? And how... How big is that buy down? What's the biggest, what's the lowest rate you've seen in your research so far? Uh, well, we're seeing them today in the high fours. In the 4% yeah. rate? So oh, okay. There's another thing they do. They, they will buy forward commitments, which is like locking in a lower long-term rate. So mm -hmm. I may, if mortgage rates are 8% are today, I will guarantee a lender that um, I'll pay you a whole bunch of money now to offer me a bunch of 7% mortgage. And so I pay that money. And then when it comes time for you to buy the house as an individual, I might buy that down another point and a half, which costs me another 6% on the house and get to get you down to a 5.5% rate. So pretty complicated, pretty sophisticated, mm -hmm. uh, but it's working. Are they having to dig deeper in their pockets to yeah, do this? Or coming straight out of their profit margins. Uh, but, but remember, they bought the land, most of it, three or four years ago. When they were anticipating selling the home for say five hundred thousand dollars, and now it's worth seven hundred thousand dollars, mm. so they have a lot of profit built up, and uh, they're giving some of it back to the home buyer. But the price is going down in September, and I know yeah. that the government data is volatile and yeah. is also sort of right. national. But the price in September went down from four hundred and thirty-three in August to four hundred and eighteen thousand yeah. dollars. Uh, are they slashing? Prices, are real estate investors coming in? What's going on? Um, so in September, we, we survey about uh, hundreds of home builders that build about 20% of the homes in the country. And one of the things we ask them is, is net of buy downs. Right. Are you raising prices or dropping prices? Mm -hmm. And this was the first month in a long time where more builders had told us we're actually dropping price too. So it, it was, I, it was maybe a third of builders were dropping price and maybe only 15% or something like that were raising price. So that was part of it. The other thing is they are building smaller homes. So that'll drive it down. And then what makes the numbers very noisy monthly is there may be a lot of sales in Texas one month, which is less expensive than California and it will drive the national number down. But on, on a local basis, about a third of the home builders dropped prices last month. How much of the new home buyers are 
first time buyers versus investors and build for rent investors yeah. that those 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 are increasingly getting publicity. Can you talk a little bit about the breakdown? Yeah, the, the, uh, we're super involved in the build to rent business. That market has slowed a ton mm. uh, because that's interest rate sensitive um, from a borrowing standpoint. And you typically sell a community just like you sell an apartment complex at a, at a cap rate mm. or a certain interest rate. And people are planning planning on selling it at a five cap. So think of it as like a the buyer getting a 5% return on their investment, that doesn't work today. Mm. And so the only thing that's going on at Built to Rent for the most part is deals that were started a while ago that are finishing off and going to be held for a long time. So at, I just want to take a moment to say, audience, we know you're here and we're going to respond to some of your uh, questions in a couple of minutes, but just returning to some of mine before okay. we give the audience a moment to way in um there was a recent a story that a recent legal proceeding that sort of hit the wires yesterday yeah. which was the national association of realtors and two other brokerages were um found guilty by a jury the judge still has yet to issue a final ruling as we speak but basically of colluding to inflate commission so for those interested you can read one of my stories but can you talk about will that affect the new home market will that affect your uh, that side of the business it was a huge positive for home sellers mm -hmm. who are now going to not be uh, told you have to pay a three percent commission who sells the most homes right now home builders yeah so it was a huge win for home builders because they pay a lot of real estate agents to bring people to their communities and the rule of thumb was pay them three percent now the build some builders will pay less and when the market's really slow, they'll pay more. But I think this opened the door to the home builders paying less real estate agent commission. And I think it's obviously really bad for the real estate agents themselves. Do you have any estimates as to the amount of money that home builders will save? Do you have any sort of numbers that, uh, or is it too, diff too soon to tell? Well, so we can do the math. I mean, one of them shared their numbers with me and it was significant. It was in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year that they, they paid to buy a real estate agents. And everybody's strategy is a little different. But if it, let's just say it's on, on average 2%. Mm -hmm. If it moves to 1%, then that is 1% of their revenue mm -hmm. that they just saved, mm -hmm. which is significant because uh, home building tends to be known as a pretty low margin business, actually. So adding another 1% is significant savings. So the lawsuit net net could be um, if the antitrust lawsuits, all of them move forward and yeah. in a direction that is unfavorably for the NAR, that could be a win for home builders. I, th I think it's going to be a win for anybody who's selling their home. I, I, I don't think this is done though. I mean, this is going to be appealed like crazy. Um, the, and I do want to say something on the real estate agent's behalf is they, they do provide a service to people. Now that, that was the NAR's argument is that you don't want buyers out there making the biggest investment ever without some advice that's on their side. Um, so I still think that there is, they're going to figure something out maybe through Congress who starts mandating that buyers need representation or something along those lines. So th this is going to be very interesting. This is going to play out for many years. We're going to keep talking about it over the next few weeks, months, right. 
movie years. I don't know how long these things go, but uh, I just want to pivot to another thing that the White House recently announced it was going to give $45 billion with a B right. to developers to convert unused offices into residential units. Right. Do builders see an opportunity there? So uh, the home builders themselves tend to build detached homes or, or townhomes. Mm -hmm. They don't like to build high rises in urban areas. That's, that's more apartment developers and office developers. So, so that's not the publicly traded companies. It's a different group. Mm -hmm. And converting something from office to residential is insanely expensive. It depends on the footprint of the building. And so uh, the lender on that current office building is gonna have to write down that loan and admit some pain first before this. And maybe, maybe the Biden administration is subsidizing the lender to do that, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think very few buildings someone would pay what the owner would call market value and be able to convert it to residential. So it's gonna require these subsidies. So I think they were smart to realize this is gonna require a lot of subsidy. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think you're going to see a flood of conversions because of what I just said of lenders having to take some hits and write down the things. And then you got to go to the city and you got to say, okay, I know you have the streets on for office. I want to turn it into residential. You got to go through all the city approval processes. Depending on some cities, that could take years. I mean, here in Manhattan, I, I'm sure a lot of this is going to play out on Third Avenue. <laughs> How long is that going to take? I mean, not just years, we could be talking 10 plus years mm -hmm. in order to actually make something like that happen. And I don't know if they will be for sale or rental units. I think that there, there was a nuance there that. Yeah, that, I don't, I don't think they specify, but I, you know, what they're, what they want to do is get people living close to where they work. And, and part of that was being near mass transit. Yeah. So that that's why this really is an urban play. So I'm going to turn to some audience questions before I go back to mine. Um, why Rao asks, why are home builder stocks falling if they are the only source offering discounted mortgages? What do the builders know that we are not understanding? Basically, why are they so pessimistic about their um, Well, the builders aren't buying and selling their own stocks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, the, the, I think the stocks when this announcement came up went, went up yesterday. So... Uh, the one thing I will say is that the, the home builders today, and you, this is being super objective, uh, their balance sheets are far better than ever before. Their debt levels are really, really, really low. And in the past, when you had a recession or something, the home builders would get hit really hard. Right. Uh, right now, I mean, we could have a great financial crisis like we did last time, and the builders wouldn't bat an eye. Mm. I mean, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't violate any debt covenants. So, um, and then I, th I think the market realizes that they're the only game in town, but I think they've realized that for most of this year. So, you know, why they're down in the last few weeks. The last thing I'll say on this is, is the, the home builders are a favorite trade of hedge funds as some sort of interest rate play. Mm -hmm. So is they, if they're more or less confident that interest rates are going to go up or down, they'll go long and short on the home builders. So they tend to be very volatile stocks. Mm -hmm. I want to also ask you about trends in home building. What is the most interesting trend? You mentioned that homes are getting smaller, yeah. but what's, a, what's another interesting thing that people may not be aware of that? So, so we have a division called the New Home Trends Institute that studies the trends, obviously. <laughs> so 
one of the more interesting things to me is how you make the home smaller. Mm -hmm. And younger people are realizing, you know, I'm never going to use that dining room. I'm never going to use that living room. Um, give me a bigger kitchen. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't need a big office. I just need this place for my laptop. Um, so there's a lot of interesting design trends that are going on. And then if you can get an approval through a city to build homes, they're trying to put more homes per acre too. So the homes are smaller and denser. And, and those are the trends that we're seeing. Recently, the a federal agency, I think it was the Federal Housing Finance Agency, and mm -hmm. was it Housing and Urban Development? I might be mixing them up, okay. but they are they are willing to support financing for ADUs, yes. right? Accessory right. dwelling units. You mentioned right. that a little bit. Are home builders interested in going into ADUs? Can you talk about home that? Home builders have been doing ADUs for a very long time. They, they call them casitas usually. It's, mm -hmm. it's usually like a, a little detached unit. Uh, casitas. In, yeah, in, <laughs> in the back. and Or a granny suite is another one. It's to put your 25-year-old back there or have your, your parents come live with you but give them a little privacy in the back of the house. Um, what, what is different about what they're talking about now is they're allowing the rental income from that to mm -hmm. be included. Mm -hmm. So imagine if I was buying a home and I wanted to put an accessory dwelling unit in the backyard or a casita, I'd have to pay 50 grand or 70 grand or some of these in California or a couple hundred grand and I couldn't get a mortgage mm -hmm. or maybe I couldn't qualify for the mortgage. But if my intent was to rent it out for $1,000 a month, now they're saying, we'll let you include that $1,000 a month in your qualification and you can finance it. And that, that, is that happening nationally? How is the demand like? Um, well, it's happening the most in California because, again, the, the state governor has basically told the cities, you can't stop this. You right. need to let people do accessory dwelling units and you can't challenge it. There's some of them are challenging it anyway. Uh, so it's, I think it's gone from maybe 3,500 accessory dwelling units a year to 22,000 in California in a relatively short period. But the big hurdle has been the financing of these. It's mm -hmm. expensive. And I believe it was FHFA was testing some of these on a um, retroactive basis. So I, like if you had, had an ADU and you had been renting it out for a while and you could show me the rental income, they were allowing that. And now they look like they flipped to be more pro forma that if you've got an ADU and you can prove to us the market is a thousand dollars a month and, and you can say I've really got to rent it out for a thousand a month, they'll let, they'll let you use it to qualify. It seems I think that a lot of people call it the soft sort of solution mm -hmm. to increasing housing density. So sure. that's why this is this is a very interesting uh perspective go to to look at. So I'm gonna go back to macro questions because I'm, I just want to go back to your thoughts on the housing market in general. So new okay. home sales in 2024, will they be as stellar as they were in 2023? Uh, there's a couple ways to answer that. <laughs> I'd say they're pretty flattish, but not for one reason. So um, the builders are not increasing your, your number of communities because they've been selling out as, of them as fast as they can open new ones. So it's mm -hmm. not like they've got more communities to sell. Um, there is, there are a lot of homes though that are under construction, much more than usual that haven't finished and are not yet sold. So I think they're going to have the homes they're building today more than usual available to sell next year because the, the time to build a home really got extended during COVID and uh, it's starting to collapse. So I think they'll get some positive sales momentum from this year's construction. 
And then additionally, you know, what's going to happen to mortgage rates is the real wild card. Yeah, you led me to my next question. Okay. Will, will rates, almost everyone is expecting rates to go down by the end of the year and then further down from there right. on. Do you have a prediction where rates will go? I mean, I'm not any smarter than anyone <laughs> in the bond market. So we, we study the bond market, the bond market saying that. And so we're assuming the most likely case is that rates will fall maybe 100 basis points. But um I don't have an internal view at all. And you have, well, your company had put out this very interesting blog post a few months ago about the magic mortgage rate that yeah. uh, rates need to fall to this level. I, yeah. think, I think it was in the sixes. Five and a half. Or five yeah. and a half. Um, and then I will kickstart the housing market. Do you still stand by that number? Uh, five and a half percent. Well, we, we, we did a bunch of consumer surveys and we tested them at a bunch of percentages. Like, at what rate would you just not buy? And at the time, it was five and a half. But we, you know, that was fairly expensive at the time. I bet if we did that all right now, it might be six and a half. So it, I, I think that magic number changes based on people's expectations. Mm, psychological. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's psychological and it's just, it's, it's like today, it's like, okay, mortgage rates are 8%. I just have to get over it if we're really going to buy a house and you just have to deal with it. What is the most interesting thing you've heard about housing in the last week? Let's put aside all the news about okay. everything in the NAR space, but what's the most interesting thing you've heard? Oh, I'm running around meeting with a lot of smart people here, so I've heard a lot of interesting things. A lot of things, things for him to think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the most interesting thing that I'm running into is I'm meeting with some companies who are basically pencils down. Mm. Like, we're not going to do nothing. Now, now is the time to do nothing. Whatever my business plan was doesn't make sense anymore, but I've got a great balance sheet. I'm going to see it through. Others are the exact opposite. They're finding really crafty ways. Uh, probably the most interesting thing I've heard from many of my clients who were putting some sort of equity investment in housing is they're now making some sort of debt investment in housing because the, the people need debt and they're willing to pay north of 10% for it. And so it's probably a lot of traditional equity players now providing debt. Mm. And what will be the biggest pain point for builders in 2024? Um, what have they, I mean, you, you well, the, 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 the biggest concern they always have is not mortgage rates, it's the economy. So Much like everyone else. Who's like everyone else. Yeah. And just as they're proving right now, they get the question from analysts all the time, what happens when rates go up? And they're like, well, it's not good. Mm -hmm. But if they're going up because the economy is strong, I'll take it. And that's exactly what is happening. And that is exactly what they're doing. They're fine. It, the, a recession really just people hit pause and are interested in buying at any rate. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's their concern. And um, I guess I would just leave it with any final thoughts about uh, just what people need to know about the new home uh, market. Um, well, what type of people are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> to our audience, but um, just any final thoughts that, you know. Well, I think I think the big home builders are taking market share and they're getting bigger. The, the publicly traded home builders are now 42% of all the new homes sold in the country. And if you put in a couple, there's subsidiaries of some huge conglomerates like and Berkshire Hathaway, they're probably 50%. So the, the home building has become more of a big company game. 
And one, one of the questions you sent me ahead of time, um, I was thinking about it, we did a piece on it actually, so thank you for that, <laughs> um, was um, why are home sales so strong but builder sentiment is so weak? Yes. Yeah, because the National Association of Home Builders surveys their members and their typical member builds less than 10 homes a year. Mm. So the person who's building less than 10 homes a year, who is not getting favorable pricing from their trade contractors, who's having to go to the bank and borrow at a 10, 11% for a construction loan, is not feeling the same as these publicly traded companies who basically have very little debt. And if they had it, it was a bond that they per that they issued a couple of years ago at a 4% rate. And um, they're locking up all the trades because the trades are nervous too. And they're saying to the trades like, you're, you're gonna charge me less, but I'm gonna guarantee you volume for the year. And so the owner of the trade is saying, okay, I'm going to go with you and not the small builder because who knows what's going to happen next month with the small builder. That's the, the, the industry is becoming a big professionally run uh, bunch of companies with fantastic balance sheets. And that was not the case 15 for most of them 15 years ago. Mm, so small builders are getting a little bit nervous, but big builders are yep. pretty happy about new home sales much happier than the private builders <laughs> so i'm gonna leave it there because we're 12 28 that's all the time for we have for today thank you for being here in person yeah, john back. burns nice to see you. we hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow baron's deputy editor alex yolan associate technology editor of technology eric j savage will discuss the outlook for tech companies and individual stocks thank you for listening everyone stay safe and have a good day the energy transition is a long and winding road and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.